This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, October 2nd, 2012. I'm Caleb Brown. Should you be compelled to join Medicare at age 65? And if you're in Medicare, should you lose your Social Security if you spend your own money on your own health care? Lou Randall is a plaintiff in the case of Hall v. Sebelius, challenging just those kinds of restrictions. Randall is a founder of E-Trade and a board member at the Cato Institute. We spoke Sunday in Asheville, North Carolina. You had mentioned a long time ago that to Michael Cannon, our director of uh, health policy studies at the Cato Institute, that turning 65 is something that ought to be investigated. Uh, and so explain that. Well, it was, it was actually the other way around. I think I remembered a conversation that Michael and I had when uh, Michael was saying that if you weren't careful, you could get trapped into things if you, were age, if you turned 65 and didn't opt out of the right things. So I consulted a couple of lawyers, and uh, they didn't understand the problem. If you, uh, Medicare Part A is free, she says. And this is, this is the Medicare expert. It turns out lawyers who are expert in Medicare are expert at getting you in, not getting you out. And they don't understand that anyone would want out. <laughs> so, uh, uh, so I called Michael, and... Uh, asked him the question and he again and he said well he didn't really know for sure and uh, and then he ended up referring me to Kent Masterson Brown because uh, he said Kent knows more about Medicare than anybody so Kent Masterson Brown of course wrote a paper for the Cato Institute uh, I believe it was entitled the right to spend your own money on your own health care I think he's written two policy analyses now but I that, that may have been the, the the first one yeah he is now representing you in a case in which you and some other plaintiffs are uh, attempting to I guess discover the the limits of uh, your ability to get out of Medicare that's right that's right there's five of us and uh, the name of the suit is Hall v. Sibelius. And uh, <clears throat> if you want to know more about it than you want to know, you can go to you can Google Medicare lawsuit and follow the links to the Fund for Personal Liberty. And we have a website there where you can find um, all the filings and uh, newspaper articles about it and other references to the meat of the matter. Why would someone want to get out of Medicare if uh, this, uh, this friend of yours was correct? Uh, Medicare Part A is free. Why would someone want to get out of it? The death panel problem, of course, is, is, the, is the reason. Medicare is, uh, has a whole bunch of strange rules. And if your doctor is in Medicare, he's got to follow the rules or else, um, or else they'll throw him out. And then he loses his livelihood because he can't bill any bill Medicare anymore for anything. Um, it's a it's a strange system, and it's um, well. Since starting this lawsuit, I've had some uh, um, interesting experiences with people telling me their own stories. Um, one of our supporters at the Fund for Personal Liberty is. Uh, sent in his $50 because um, of an experience he had with his wife uh, when she was still alive. She, was, uh, she spent the last few years of her life on a respirator. And um, 
One day the respirator broke and he had to pump it by hand uh, for three hours while the uh, repairman got there and worked on the machine and got it going again. This is an elderly man. This is an elderly man. He was, um, I don't know, in his 70s, I think, and uh, he said his arm hurt for a week and he was afraid that his strength might not be up to it next time. So he asked, he said to the repairman, he said, this is, uh, this was too close a call. I need a backup machine. And the uh, repairman said, well, I'm sorry, uh, I can't sell it to you. And he said, well, why not? And the repairman said, uh, well, Medicare won't pay for it. Um, well, how much is it? It's uh, $2,000. Well, I'll pay the $2,000. Of course. Of course you would. <laughs> it's my wife, right? $2,000 is cheap insurance. And the repairman said, no, no, you don't understand. I can't sell it to you. If Medicare won't pay for it, then I can't sell it to you. And uh, so I, I, he said, that's, that's nuts. Uh, and the repairman said, well, if I did sell it to you, I could never bill Medicare for anything ever again. And so uh, the story does have a happy ending of sorts. Uh, months later, the, the, the fellow discovered that uh, Medicare would pay for a special high-tech uh, traveling respirator that's lightweight and fits in your pocket and costs $8,000. So <laughs> so Medicare refused to pay for the $2,000 item, but because there was a travel model available, they would pay for they it. Would, they pay for travel, yes. And so, uh, so he got the travel model, and, uh, and he's shaking his head to this day, saying it's nuts, absolute nuts. Anyhow, if you don't want your health care in the hands of idiot bureaucrats uh, like that, my um, Norm, Norm Rogers, my, uh, my fellow plaintiff, saw his parents end their lives in a, an assisted care facility where they were not allowed to see their own doctor. It's, I mean, that's obviously a perverse result of, of the situation that we're in, but uh, there are other more, I guess, mundane results that if you refuse Medicare, uh, you end up going without uh, other uh, you, you, end, you are denied your Social Security. Um, in spite of the fact that Congress made both programs voluntary and independent of each other, uh, some bureaucrat at the Health and Human Services Department has decided to uh, combine the application form. So you can't apply for one without applying for the other. And uh, there's absolutely no um, uh, authority in law for doing that, and if and if it's going to be done at all, it needs to be done by some kind of regulatory process where you propose a regulation, uh, have a comment period, and uh, get you know have hearings and so forth. That's the way it's supposed to be done. Um, but even if that were true, the, the regulation, such a regulation, would be illegal. And uh, so any just, but they didn't even do that. They just rewrote the operations manual. Where does this case stand right now? Well, we've applied, uh, uh, we've gotten all the way to the Supreme Court, um, and we've uh, uh, filed our petition for uh, certiorari, and we're waiting to see whether the Supreme Court will take the case. Um, We understand that the Supreme Court only takes one case in 20, Uh, but uh, they might decide to hear this one. Lou Randall is a plaintiff in the case of Hall v. Sebelius challenging federal power over even private health care spending. 
You can read more about government involvement in healthcare at our website, cato.org.